What are your strengths and why does it matter? It turns out that focusing on your own and other strengths is a way to fulfill your potential as a student and a teacher, as a parent, partner and professional. But how do we identify our strengths and how do we identify others? It's exactly what we'll be talking about today on Happier Talk. After working for 15 years as a psychotherapist specializing in chronic pain and eating disorders, he founded the world-renowned and world-changing VIA Institute on Character. A serial social entrepreneur, he founded Hummingbird Coaching Services and Rise Learning Solutions and is the president of the Mayerson Family Foundations, dedicated to creating communities that are just, caring and respectful. It is an honor to have with us today Dr. Neil Mayerson. Neil, great to have you here today. Thank you. So, you're dedicating your professional life, at least, to strengths. Why is it so important? Well, it's a great question, and I've asked myself that. I've been asked that question a lot. There, for me, the answer is that so many is, is at a number of levels. I was a practicing psychotherapist for 15, 20 years. And from that experience, I found that my greatest tool oftentimes was being able to help somebody see their strengths. And from that, we could build so well, much more so than what I was trained to do, my trainings as a clinical psychologist. Hmm. And the training was not uh, strength-based, hmm. okay? And when you say we were able to build so well, build in terms of becoming you know, happier or stronger, as well as build in terms of dealing with weaknesses or problems or struggles. Well, let me give you an example. I'll say this as a case example. It represents more or less many cases, okay? So it's kind of a prototype. A woman comes to see me. She uh, is in a bad relationship. I take the history. This is a, in a string of, this is a pattern for her, numbers of bad relationships. Here's another one, okay? She comes in to see me, and her sense of herself, her understanding of herself in the situation, is that there's something wrong with me. There's something basically unlikable about me. I'm, I have a basic flaw in my judgment and stuff like that, okay? In talking to her about how long have you been in this relationship? How long has it been difficult? Why do you, uh, why have you stayed in this relationship? Well, I think he's going to change. So I start, I start hearing hope. I start hearing perseverance. I start hearing her talk about courage and bravery because sometimes he gets scary. Now with an understanding of herself as a brave, courageous, persevering, loving person, 
Now we can start to talk about building her life and her next relationship. Because her fear, always, as she went from one relationship to the next, it became, and she was more and more convinced of her unlikability. I can't end this relationship because nobody will ever have me. I'll never be in a relationship again. Now we had a basis for talking about, mm-hmm. well, you can persevere through those, that time. And you have hope. You may, in fact, meet somebody. Okay? And then that became the basis for her correcting that pattern. I couldn't have gotten there from trying to get her to, you know, undo her weaknesses, what mm-hmm. she was seeing as her weaknesses. So in other words, the focusing on, on strength uh, shows her what is possible, mm-hmm. shows her what, what the next steps can be, which can be very different from, from the past that has been mostly focusing on, on her weaknesses, on her, on her problems as she right. defined them. Because how do, you, how do you build on weaknesses? You can build on strengths. Mm. Okay, it's it's a solid it's a solid platform that you can build off of. Weaknesses, what do I do? Mm. And then the other part is, and you could see it in people's body language, as I started talking to them about, well, it sounds like, boy, that that took a lot of courage. Or, wow, most people would have quit by now. Mm. You sure are persevering. Mm. You know, they sit up, the eye contact, the head is held more. It's, everything changed about their countenance. Hmm. So talking to somebody about what's right about them and what's strong about them just changes the whole context of trying to work towards a better life. Hmm. And you're talking about a therapeutic relationship. Yes. Of course, that has impact for a, any relationship, yeah. and, and B, any context, right. whether a student sitting in a classroom or a, a professional uh, walking around the office. Exactly. An employee in any, any office, a manager working anywhere. Mm. And so that's kind of one level on why I think this work is so important. I think I have, from that practice, as it turns out, from my perspective, I was not dealing much with mental illness. That's not what I was confronted with. What I felt like I was confronted with a lot were people who had lost their internal compass, their inner guide for making decisions in life. And they had become so distracted and disoriented by responding to other people's expectations of them and what other people wanted of them, they lost touch with their inner voice that could be a guide through life decisions. And as a result, their life decisions went here and there and all over the place, and they, they, it was a tangled mess. People came into my office with lives that were tangled messes. Mm. It seemed impossible to untangle. I felt like as long as I was trying to work from a problem focus and teach them communication skills and teach them how to be more assertive or something like that, I was not getting anywhere. I was just picking a little bit at the knots of the tangles, you know? But 
uh, once I uh, once I could help, I felt like what I was doing a lot was helping them come home to themselves. Hmm. You know, to understand this is who I am. Oh yeah, I am this person. This is what I think. This is what I value. This is what I want. And that uh, and it's valid to be thinking in those terms and to accept that. And, and it's what some people call permission to be human. <laughs> <laughs> so you, fa you, you found that when, when they did focus on their strengths, they, um, they also touched a deeper part of, of their humanity, of who, they, of who they were, of the way they wanted to see themselves in the world. Absolutely. And <clears throat> because you move, when, when your sense of yourself is what's wrong with you, you surround yourself with protection because you're on guard. You're protecting your weakness. When you understand your strength, you can let those guards down and come forth as a mm. human being. And express them in the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At a much higher level, level Tall, I think this is important. I have a certain... Um, way of seeing this. So imagine this. Human beings seem to have made great and rapid progress in mastering our physical world and understanding our physical world. If you created a graph, you might see a slope like this. Now on the other hand, if you looked at the uh, progress of how much have we progressed as human beings, and you look back and you go like, compared to a thousand years ago, do we resolve conflict very differently? Do we express mm. love very differently? If we tried to measure what is our progress as a humanity, it would be a very flat curve. Mm. And, this, and so what happens is this keeps being a widening gap, right? I happen to think that the size of that gap is a danger zone for humanity. Mm. And it's almost like it feels to me like the jaws of a alligator or crocodile mm. that it it might just snap shut on us. Now we are going to continue to master our physical world. So our challenge is that the answer is not to decrease that slope. The answer is to accelerate that other slope, and that's how we decrease that danger zone. Mm. I believe that to uh, to be true. I really feel like. You know, on the verge of knowing how to do genetic engineering and cloning and, and keep ourselves alive with medical devices and uh, weaponry and all this stuff, we better start advancing in our humanity to be able to deal with all that power. And, and your argument is that by focusing on character strengths, this could lead to the, to the significant paradigm shift in our... Uh, in, uh, in our development. Yes, because what we have learned in positive psychology is that these character strengths, first of all, are universally valued as good. They are all learnable, which tells us that that part of ourselves, as human beings, we're, all cap we're capable of this incredible range of behavior 
from evil to grace. And so we don't know, I don't know that much. Positive psychology has not cared to focus. It, their focus has not been on the dark side of the human being mm -hmm. and how do we shrink it. In the absence of knowing how to shrink it, we at least now know how to grow the good. Mm. Now that changes the mixture, right? We also know that there is some level of contagion of positivity. When I go about being my best self, it elevates those around me. That now is magnified through our communication technology and our social connectivity. And so now we really do have the opportunity to grow the good in ourselves, elevate those around us, and in so doing, tip humanity towards its better nature. Mm. It's real. It's not a pipe dream anymore. Yeah. So, so you're saying that from that single person who's had the same relationship over and over again and all the way to humanity, um, strength can transform. Yes. Our, uh, our emotional world, our psychological world, our humanity. How do we do it? We do it the way we do, the way we know to do most anything. What do you do if you want to learn how to play golf? You will get some information. You'll probably take some lessons. You will practice, repeat over and over and over and over again. You'll work your way through frustrations. You'll probably do that with social connection, right? You won't do it alone and in isolation. And it's the same, I, I think it's the same thing. We know how to grow strengths. It takes a consciousness. It's not a magic thing any more than somebody can give you a magic club to start playing golf. You have, it takes a consciousness so you have to make a decision. I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to be conscious. I'm going to be, I'm going to practice and practice and practice. We know, we know that process very well for mm. developing many parts of ourselves. And I think it's the same with character strengths. Mm. So strengths are, are extremely important. How do I identify them? How do I become more aware of my of what my strengths are or what my kids or colleagues strengths are. Thankfully now since the work in positive psychology and the work that we've been doing on character strengths part of the problem is one of language. Because we haven't focused a lot as a culture or as a science on strengths our language is limited and inconsistent. It's hard for us to think and communicate with each other about that. So one of the contributions that positive psychology has made is to offer a language of strengths. It's not the definitive only language, but it is a language, it's an important language, it's a great place to start. 24 character strengths. Where can I find those? You go to many places, but you go to the viacharacter.org website, get the via classification, it'll list 24 character strengths. 
you'll read a short description of it, they'll all, it'll all make sense to you. It's not, it's not mysterious stuff. It'll all make sense to you. So on one hand, you can very inf informally reflect on yourself. Just look at the words and reflect on what do I think I see commonly? What do I seem to use commonly? You can reflect from a different point of view of how do I think the people who know me best see me? You can ask from a different point of view, which is, if I could wave a magic wand and um, be described in a certain way, which ones would I choose? Mm -hmm. And then kind of think, where is there some discrepancy? So you can do it from self-reflection. Of course you can do it with uh, talking with some, a friend, somebody who knows you well, a spouse, a child. Ask them for feedback. Give them the uh, language. Even without the language, you can start, but it will be a more... Um, um, focused, perhaps? It will be less focused without the language. It will be more focused mm. with the language. It's easier for people. So I would say you start with a list, you look at it, you reflect on yourself. You maybe uh, uh, enlist somebody who you care about and who cares about you to discuss it, give you some feedback. If you want a more formal scientific evaluation, you can take the VIA survey, which is scientifically validated and it's reliable. It takes about 15 minutes. Doesn't take much of your time. You get an immediate, you don't have to wait <laughs> to get your answers, you get immediate feedback. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can accelerate that process for you. Yeah, great investment of time if, if I ever saw one. Okay. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what the strength-based approach is. Um, can you perhaps shed some light on, on the misunderstanding? Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, there is a lot of misunderstanding. This is not um, about a shallow approach to uh, looking at life. It's not about a black or white, like, let's only look at strengths and not consider weaknesses. Let's only look at aspirations, not let, let's not consider fixing problems. It's not a black and white either or. It's an and in our world. It is not simple, instant fix, pop psychology, let's all be happy, happy, happy. It's a deep psychology about articulating a framework, articulating the playground that we have, the tools, the playground equipment we have to play on for our human growth, for our personal growth. It's, it's a deep psychology. It's not about uh, pigeonholing people and categorizing people. It's not about judging people as having good character or bad character or having the right kind of character or the wrong kind of character. It's not about making moral prescriptions and telling people how they are supposed to be. Instead, it is it's more simply uh, describes the landscape, the beautiful landscape 
that nature has imbued us with, these 24 character strengths that are beautiful pieces, elements of the human personality. We each have every one of them to some degree. We each have uh, every one of them not to perfection, but we possess each of them imperfectly. And so life is not, our lives are not about, and this work is not about focusing on when we fall short in terms of being honest or when we fall short in terms of being creative. Or, we do not, we, we will not ever possess these character strains to perfection. Instead, what this work is about is focusing on how can I grow in terms of any of them. And it's helping us identify where the points where we have the most potential yeah. uh, to grow in our, yes. in our pursuits. Yes. Neil, thank you very much. This is wonderful. Thank you for making such a big difference uh, in my life, in my parenting, in, uh, in my work. Thank you for making such a big difference in our world. Thank you. And thank you very much for watching Happier Talk. For more interviews, please visit us here on Happier TV.